pray that God will speak to our hearts here at the church here. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to be a preacher, but it's more wonderful to be a Christian. Uh, I tell you what, if you're born again, then you have something very, very valuable. You have Christ in your heart and you're on your way to heaven. If you're not born again today, I pray that today would be the day of all days for your whole life and that you would trust the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior even today. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, Do you know that when a person gets to be about 65 years old, only 1 in 7,000 adults over 65 get saved? And I hadn't had the privilege of preaching in Mosinee, Wisconsin a couple years ago. And three ladies came in, and all of them were between 88 and 92, all three of them. And they all three came forward for the invitation. And one of them got assurance of salvation, and the other two got born again. And I thought, wow, what a miracle for three ladies at that age that would let God speak to their heart. And sometimes when we get past about 20, we think we know everything and no one can tell us what to do. And we just get harder and harder and harder until we get to be 65 years old. and Nobody can change us after 65, something like that. But thank God that he got a hold of those ladies. And uh, I'd like for you to turn to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Some of you know a lot about me and some of you don't know anything about me. But I'm uh, Roger Batrell. I'm an evangelist. I pastored 46 years uh, before uh, becoming an evangelist and been in the ministry since 22 years old. And, and uh, I'm 76 right now. And did you feel that wave of doubt that went across everybody? Just that, that, you know. But anyway, I'm uh, uh, glad to be here today. And uh, God has given me six wonderful children that are serving the Lord, and I have uh, 26 grandkids. Praise the Lord for that. And the goal is, is I want God to allow my wife and I to live long enough for all of our grandkids to get saved. Well, last September they all got saved, and I had added to that prayer, though, that uh, they didn't all get saved the same day. The last one got saved last September, but uh, she was six years old. But uh, uh, then I'm, we're praying also that God will call them into his service, to serve him. And God's answering that prayer so far. We have three that have graduated from Bible college already. We have uh, uh, 11 that are, uh, we have two new ones going to Bible college this fall and then uh, eight or nine in Bible college. Anyway, I think we'll have, uh, uh, what will we have, 10 in Bible college this fall? Ten, ten of our grandkids in Bible colleges follow preparing for the Lord's work. And, and uh, that's the goal. They'll all serve the Lord. And uh, do you know that even in Christian families today, people set the goal. They want their kids to grow up and get a good education and get a good job and buy a big house and buy a big car so they can live through their life and then die and leave it to somebody else. You know, and I mean, that's uh, really stupid to have that as a goal for your kids. If that's a goal for your kids, you're an idiot. You say, well, I'm never going to invite you back here. Well, if I only have one shot, I'll give you the whole thing today then, I guess, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's great to be a Christian and it's great to live for God. But it's terrible to be a Christian and get through your life and find out that you've blown it and that you wasted your life and you let your kids go to the devil and you lost your family. And, I mean, that's no fun. No fun at all. Well, uh, i tell you what, I, I'm pretty, that's a different message. That's not even in what I'm talking about today. But... Uh, uh, I try to 
be open to the Holy Spirit of God and let him just tell me what to say. And so who knows what rabbit trail we might get on this morning. But uh, John chapter 3, one of the most famous verses in the Word of God is John chapter 3, verse number 16. But I want to read verses 12, 13, 14, and 15, and then I want us to all quote the verse 16 together. If I have told you of earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now altogether, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Heavenly Father, it is wonderful to be a Christian And Lord, I cannot do this verse of Scripture that we just quoted together justice because I don't have the vocabulary to tell how wonderful you are. But I pray, Lord, that you would somehow let me put a few words together to illustrate to these dear people what a wonderful thing we have and how valuable our soul is to you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to every heart from the youngest to the oldest. And Lord, when we leave this house today, I pray that we will be able to say in our heart that it's been good to have been in the house of the Lord today. And Lord Jesus, I pray that that would be each of our heart's uh, uh, results as we leave. But I pray that while we're sitting here listening, that we would absorb and listen and pay attention to what is said for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God puts a value on you. God actually, uh, he spent heaven's greatest treasure for your soul. He did. What are you worth? One way of determining somebody's worth is to find out what somebody else would pay for it. And whenever you say, well, how much is your soul worth You can evaluate that a little bit by finding out how much God paid for your soul. God values us, and he put a worth upon us. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he gain shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Whatever you accumulate in this world, maybe a lot of things. A lot of stuff. And then you die with all of those things that you accumulated worth anything? No. I'm not saying you shouldn't have something. I think it's nice to have nice things. I think that's fine. But man, when we put a value on them that's greater than our value for the Lord, something's wrong in our life. Your soul, according to the Word of God, is worth more than everything in the whole world. All of the gold, all of the silver, all of the mansions, all all of it. You're worth a lot to God. God places a very high value on you. So an item is worth what someone else 
is willing to pay for it. A father told his daughter, he says, I have a present for you. I bought it a long time ago. And she says, "Uh uh-oh, it's old. And uh, I want to give it to you. And so he gave her the keys to an old junker. And he says, now I want you to take it down to the used car lot, and I want you to find out what they will pay you for this old car that you have. So she took it and drove it to the car lot, and, and wow, she came back and told her daddy. She says, daddy, they offered me $1,500 for that pile of junk. Wow, that is wonderful. And dad said, well, we're not through yet. I want you to take it down to the pawn shop and find out what they'll give it for, to you for the, at the, uh, for, give you for it at the pawn shop. And so she did. She went down there and they said, well, it's pretty old and it's got some rust on it and so on. Uh, we'll give you $500 for it. She came back home and says, dad, the, the price is, it's getting lower. They'd only give me $500 for it. And he said, well, we're not done yet. Uh, what I'd like you to do is I'd like it, you to, uh, this Saturday night, I'd like you to take it down to that place that they take all of those old cars, those old antique cars, and see what they might say about it down there. And so she took it down there, and uh, when she got home, man, her eyes were all bugged out, and she says, there were several people down there that were willing to give me over a $100,000 for that old car. You know, that car was only worth what somebody else would pay for it. Do you know that her dad said yes, and God has placed a high value on you, sweetheart. Don't be angry if someone else does not put a high value on you. Who you appreciate more than anyone else here in this church, you'll find out that they put a high value upon you. If any of you people are kind of like me and Brother Cole, some of you have gone out and you've knocked on doors and invited people to church and you've given out tracts out of your pocket and told people how to be saved. What do you do that for? Because you love them and you put a value upon them. You think of them as being very, very, very important in your life. And this is the place at this church, that you find out how much heaven values you. You say, well, I I then want to be faithful to God. And I want to do all I can to honor the Lord. And that is true. You ought to be wanting to do that if you are a Christian, if you know the Lord is your Savior. But there are, are people in this world that try to scam people. And somebody might say, well, you think that that first car dealer was trying to scam that girl, or the pawn shop was trying to scam her. Well, there are other people. They would try to mess with the value of your life. And then there's others that just don't know how valuable you really are. Maybe they went to school and they were taught that you came from some little blob in a swamp somewhere 
and then you evolved into a monkey and then later on millions of years later you evolved into you evolved into you you know and you became a person no wonder you don't think you're worth worth very much if you think you came from something like that but if you go to the Bible and you find out that God looked down from heaven and He came down and He kneeled down and He took of the dust of the earth and He made man in His own image and He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and then He put Adam to sleep and, and made Eve and took her rib and took a rib out of Adam and made Eve and, and, uh, uh, isn't it wonderful that God did that? You are valuable to God. How much value do you place on yourself? <coughs> Some people think that they're not very worth very much and they'll go in some place and they'll pull out a gun and shoot themselves and kill themselves. Or they'll take an overdose of something and kill themselves. Well, do you know that in the Bible and in church is where we find our true value. We find the you find the place that values you and truly understands your value, stay there. Stay there. Now, of course, I know none of you would do this, but do <coughs> you know that there's some people quit church and don't come back anymore because somebody looked at them crooked or somebody didn't shake their hand? Well, do you know that if you quit a church over something silly like that, you're not much of a person. Man, you ought to understand how important this place is. You don't throw your mom or your dad away just because they woke up on the wrong side of the bed one day and didn't treat you exactly like you thought you ought to be treated. You still love your mom and dad, and you ought to love this church too. And you ought to love the pastor here, and you ought to treat the pastor's wife like a queen and the pastor like a king. And 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 uh, what else did you tell me to say? Oh no, I just <laughs> just just teasing. You know, you ought to make the Bible and this church part of your life. No one has ever valued you as much as God the Father valued you. Who was that? that loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I'll tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Sometimes when a preacher does that, it's right at the end of his message. I have bad news. This is not the end. If you want to value others while you're on this old earth, then what are we supposed to be doing? 
Well, the great commandment is, says, love the Lord thy God with all of thy soul and all thy heart and all thy mind. And then the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot value other people like you should until you find out how much God values you and the price that he put upon you. Not long ago, we had a saying going around America, and some people are still saying it, but the saying was, black lives matter. Yes, they do matter. Perhaps there's some people out there that you're not being valued like you ought to be valued. Someone else cried, blue lives matter. Well, that's police officers. And yes, police officers do matter. And I love police officers, and I, I'm glad to be able to call them on the telephone whenever I'm in trouble and need help, and they'll come to help me and so on. I'm happy about that. The only time I don't like them is when they're behind me and they turn those lights on. <laughs> the rest of the time, they're my good friends. You know, there's other people that say all lives matter. But I want you to know that according to God, you matter. You are important to God. We need to understand that God loves every soul. He values all people. I may not know much about you, but I I do know one thing, that you are valuable to our God in heaven. You're valuable to Him. He made you. He even knows how many hairs on your head there are. Some of you, he doesn't have to count too high, but some of you, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it'd be a job for any of us to try to figure that out. You know, so what are you worth? You know, in the 90s, it was the late 90s, there was a show that was on TV, and some of you may have seen it, called the Antique Roadshow. And it started in England, but it didn't come over here until the 90s, the late 90s, I think it was. And uh, what they do is... They allow people to bring old items to them, and they have experts that look at them and evaluate them and tell you what those items are worth. Well, Clara Beckman, she went to uh, a yard sale, and she found a little table that was $30. She didn't want to pay that much, so she talked to the guy that was running the yard sale and said, I'll give you $25 for it. And he says, well, all right, I'll sell it for 25 So she bought this little table for $25. A few days later, uh, she heard that the uh, antique roadshow was coming to town, so she thought she would take this little table to them and see what that little table is really worth. So she took it down there, and they looked at it, and they found that that was a, uh, had a label on it that said it was a John Seymour & Sons table uh, made in Boston, Massachusetts uh, in the 1800s, uh, or uh, 1700s, excuse me, and of, uh, they made fine furniture. And so he looked at that, and he appraised that $25 table for 250 thousand dollars however he was a little off the price she took it to Southby's and sold it at auction and it brought five hundred and forty one thousand five hundred dollars I'm sure hoping that the guy that sold it to her for 25 never found out about it 
Ted Kuntz, he grew up and he had a Navajo blanket that his grandmother had given him. He was laying on his bed at the end of his bed. When he got married, he took the Navajo blanket and he hung it over a chair in his kitchen. And for years, it was just there. The antique roadshow came to town and he took that Navajo blanket to the roadshow and got an appraisal on that thing. And that guy that appraised that thing said, this blanket is worth $750,000. He'd had it just laying on his bed for years and years and years. They sold it at South Beeson in New York for over a million dollars. Wow. Just laying around. In Minnesota, a man took a pocket watch to the antique road show. It was a Patek Philippe, if that's the right way to say it, watch. It was a pocket watch and it had a thing on it that told the the year and it even kept track of leap year and stuff like that it was an old watch and he had had it appraised a few years before this and the guy told him it was worth six thousand dollars well the antique roadshow gave it a value of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars also they're stuck on that two hundred and fifty thousand i think there at the antique roadshow but um, they sold it at auction for one million five hundred and forty one thousand $212. Something is worth what somebody else would be willing to pay for it. Here at Faith Bible Baptist Church, the heavenly appraiser is here today. And you say, what am I worth? What am I worth? Am I worth very much? You know, some people may not think very much of you. Some people may think, if God's got to take somebody home, they hope it's you. But God puts a value upon you. God takes a look at you. And the thing about God, though, is He knows your weaknesses. He knows your faults. He knows your sins. He knows every secret thing about you that you haven't told anybody. What are you worth, you wicked person, to God? When we evaluate ourselves, we know that we're really, we're really not worth much. We're just sinners. But God exchanged heaven's greatest treasure when he sent his very only begotten son to the cross of Calvary to die that you might be able to repent of your sins and trust Jesus and be washed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In reality, I want you to think of what you're worth. Do you know if birds could talk, they can sing, but if they could talk, they might say, hey, my life is not perfect. I mean, I have to look for my food every day and try to find enough to keep alive. But I can sing. And you know, in that Bible that you guys read, I'm not worth very much in the Bible. 
In Matthew 10, verse 29, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? A farthing? You know how much a farthing's worth? One quarter of a penny. And he says, And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Two sparrows worth one quarter of a penny. But God takes care of them. God can take care of you. A half a farthing he's worth. Listen to how much God values you in Romans 5. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's like Jesus dying for a criminal. It's a wonderful person that Christ died for. We could understand that. But it wasn't a wonderful person. It was for you that Christ died for. A sinner. A vile person compared to God. I want you to picture a railroad track coming right down through the center of this church. And then the railroad track splits and it goes both directions. And we take your beautiful little daughter and we tie her to one of the tracks. And then you are standing at the switch and you can make the train go either direction. And we put the guy on this side that happened to invent the cure to cancer and tie him to that side. And here comes the train, and you have to decide, am I going to save my daughter, or am I going to save the inventor that cured cancer? Let's change the scenario just a little bit. The train's coming down, it still splits just like that, and we put God the Father right here on the switch. And we tie you to one side of the tracks. You're a vile sinner. And we tie Jesus Christ to the other side of the track. God the Father is here with the switch. Who am I going to save? The wicked, vile sinner that's tied to this side? Or my only begotten Son? Jesus, who is on the other side. God, with no hesitation, switches it so the train would kill his son so that you'd have an opportunity to be born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reality of your worth. What's, what's your reaction to how much God values you? Um, one reaction from one who has known God for a long time. He sat and listened maybe to the music this morning and is reminded of how good God is and 
One would say, man, I'm not going to waste my life just running after money and the things that money would buy. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to put Him first. And if God gives me money and stuff, that's great. But if He doesn't, I'm still going to serve God and put Him first throughout my life until I die. I'm going to run after the things of God and let Him control my life and let Him have control of me. As the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We should run after the things of God as a reaction to how much God really, truly loves us. God put you first when He sent His Son to die for you. And because He's done that, I want to spend the rest of my life serving Him with my time and my talent and my treasure and to put Him first in my life. (coughs) You might be saying, well, I don't value people the way that I should. And when we get away from God, we don't value people the way we should. We value ourselves, but we don't value others. The Bible even says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Think of them first. All my life was filled with sin when Jesus found me. My heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me. And he led me in the way I ought to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he no one else can take the sin and darkness from me oh how much he cared for me a good parent has children and he will want to develop the value of his children sometimes children misinterpret this they say My parents don't value me. They just hold me back and keep me from what I want. Let me say, children, your parents do value you. They recognize your value and they're trying to help mold you into what God wants you to be. You know, God is worth giving Him everything that you have and everything that you are. There's no one who loves you Like God loves you. No one. Let God motivate you. The rest of your life. To be what God wants you to be. Every day. Romans 12 verse 1 says. I beseech you therefore brethren. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know when you find out how much God values you. It puts some responsibility upon our lives. Since God values us so highly. We ought to honor him with our lives. There was a man that had a little girl, and his little girl went to a little yard sale and found some pearls. Of course, they were just fake pearls. They were costume jewelry pearls. She bought all of them for like 10 or 15 cents. 
And she took them home and she played with them all the time. She loved those little pearls. But Daddy came in one day and said, Hey, sweetheart, why don't you give me your pearls? Oh, no, Daddy, they're mine. Man, I love my pearls. I'm not going to give them to you. And so he left. And a year later or so, he came back and says, Hey, honey, would you give me those pearls? No, 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 Daddy. And after a period of time passed, she got to thinking about it. And she said, You know, I don't know why Daddy wants these pearls. He's not a girl. He doesn't need these pearls, but he wants them pretty bad. He asked me for them all the time. And so Daddy came in one day and said, Sweetheart, give me your pearls. And she says, Okay, Daddy. And she picks up her pearls and puts them in her Daddy's hand. And Daddy somewhere produced a little box. And he reached over and said, Here, sweetheart. She opened it up, and it was some genuine pearls. Some real ones. That she traded the old junk ones for some real ones. I tell you what, when you give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you start to serve Him, you've traded your junky life for a wonderful, wonderful thing. How much is your soul worth? When God wants something, give it to Him. How much is Jesus worth? Well, Judas sold Him for 30 pieces of silver. What's Jesus worth to you? Every day He comes to me with new assurance, more and more I understand His words of love. But I'll never know just why He came to save me till someday I see His blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus, there's no other friend so kind as He. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much He cared for me. Could we have every head bowed for a minute, every eye closed, no one looking around? I'd like to ask a couple of questions If you're here today and you say, Preacher, if I died right now today, I'm born again. I have Christ in my heart. I know I'm going to heaven. I know it for sure, 100%. Slip your hand up and hold it there a minute. You know you're born again. You know you're saved. All right. Thank you very much. Now, I thank you so much for your honesty. And also, there's some of you who could not raise your hands. Let me ask you something. You are valuable to our God. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you that you might be born again and not have to go to hell. If you were to die right now and you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, would you slip your hand up and hold it there a minute? Let me see it. Be honest with God and honest with me. No one's looking around. What about you? There were some that didn't raise your hand. Is it because you just didn't raise your hand or you're not saved? Thank you very much. Somebody else? Anybody else? 
just not sure you're born again. Let me ask you now, you that are that you know the Lord already, you have Christ in your heart, you know you're saved, but God has spoken to your heart today about serving Him and about being more of what He wants you to be or getting your life cleaned up in some way to where you're more valuable to Him. If God's speaking to you in some way, that's between you and the Lord. But I would like to pray for you. Just slip your hand up and hold it up there a minute. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There are hands all over the place. What about you? Say, preacher, I'd like to be added to the, to the list. I'd like you to pray for me too. God bless you, young lady. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Lord Jesus. A bunch of people have raised their hands. I think one raised their hand and indicated they were not born again. And Lord, I pray that that person, in a minute when the invitation starts, that they would slip out of their seat and come to the front. And we'll take the Bible, Lord, and show them how they can be born again by the blood of Christ, that they can be saved. Thank you, Lord, that you valued us so much that you did not hold back your son, but you sent him to die for us. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you be with all these Christians Christians all over the audience that raised their hands and they were saying, Preacher, God spoke to my heart about something today. Only you and they know what it is. And I pray, Lord, that they need to slip up to this altar and pray and talk to you and take care of business with you to make things right between you and them and get whatever they need from you today. And please answer that request. As the pianist plays and God speaking to your heart, slip out of your seat right now. You come to this altar and you pray and you take care of that need in your life. Say, preacher, I'm a Christian. Well, then you need to, if you raised your hand, you need to come down to this altar and get the, just pour it out to God and God will help you. God will not say no to his children. Won't you come and do what God wants you to do? Be obedient to the Holy Spirit this morning, will you? Just obey God. Somebody's in the way, just say, excuse me. They'll be glad to move out of your way and let you come. Or they'd even come with you if you asked them. But you need to come. Come on. There's several here praying. What about you? Do you need to come? You need to make a decision this morning. Jesus paid it all. We owe it all to Him.